the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us here on Education Nation. I'm your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And of course, I'm joined in studio once again by our producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. Well, another good evening to you, Rebecca. Yes, we are slowly getting through this winter. Oh, uh, well, it... it, it, it <laughs> Caught us rather by know, surprise this week. What was it, like 11 below I on know. Uh, Friday? Yes, Oof. and at least we got a little dusting of snow, though. That always makes it more tolerable. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> well, tonight we want to continue a conversation that began two weeks ago with two Wyzetta School District parents who say racial equity policies designed to close the achievement gap in Wyzetta instead are actually curbing ambition and stifling motivation to succeed in the middle school classroom. And our guests tonight, they will be the first to tell you that we can all agree that each and every student across Minnesota is deserving of a quality education that prepares them to succeed. However, they will also tell you that a shift to standard-based grading has left them in the dark in terms of how well their kids are performing in the classroom. Tonight, Sandy McLean and Michelle Prabula join us in the studio again to discuss the specifics as they pertain to the differences between traditional letter-based grading and equity grading. And these parents are here to provide some insight. Ladies, we thank you again for joining us once again here on Education Nation. Thank you, thank you. for having us. Mm-hmm. Well, Sandy and Michelle, we spoke about the Wyzetta School District bringing equity grading to the high school. And we want to spend a little bit of time discussing the difference between traditional grading and equity grading. Can you help help us understand that difference, sure. listeners? Sure. Um, I think most of us are familiar with traditional grading. Um, that basically is the A, B, C, D, F, which mm-hmm. runs at a 90 to 100%, 80 to 90%, 70 to 80%, 60 to 70%, and then 59% and under would be considered an F. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional grading can include homework to be graded, assignments mm-hmm. to be graded, projects, quizzes, and tests are all graded or mm-hmm. can all be graded. Mm-hmm. Um, extra credit can be issued. Behavior mm-hmm. can be graded. And that could include cheating, insubordination, uh, class participation. Right. Um, the grades are typically now at a high school level averaged by a computer. Um, and that would, is what determines the final grade outcomes for the semester because mm-hmm. there are so many different things weighted mm-hmm. when they're graded. Mm-hmm. They rely on a computer system to go mm-hmm. ahead and um, calculate the mm-hmm. final grade. Um, but according to Joe Feldman, the author of Grading for Equity, um, he basically states that traditional grading hides information. It invites bias and provides misleading information. Hmm. Um, hmm. Since you can grade everything, um, he basically feels that it supports the achievement and opportunity gaps for students. 
um, equity grading should only reflect summative work, which would just be the tests and maybe some assignments that the teacher decides what she's going to use as a grade, Mm -hmm. um, which for the most part is the testing, but it could include some assigned projects as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to stop you for just a second. Let's go back about just, I'd like you to repeat this piece or I'll repeat it. Okay. That he thinks this Joe Feldman, author of Grading for Equity, believes that traditional grading hides information, Mm -hmm. hides information. Stop and think about that. Mm -hmm. Invites bias and provides misleading information because you grade everything. Mm-hmm. That is that Crazy. that alone is completely uh, upside down from what is common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to find out as you talk about what the ramifications are of removing all of that kind of grading. Um, but really, it's the opposite. It's more transparent. Mm-hmm. It shows more about that student and their performance, not less. Yeah. So it's really interesting that he would say that it hides information. It does not hide information. It actually brings out Visual. more information. Um, and it certainly doesn't invite bias. Um, and it doesn't provide misleading information either. So this is really interesting to me that that his very premise is off mm-hmm. um, from the very start. So anyway, but go ahead. No, I, no, that's a really good point. Because when you are giving kids multiple opportunities to show what they know. Right. You know, by grading quizzes and homework and testing, it all, you know, gives opportunities for these kids who might do better in testing, might do way better in homework because they're understanding it better. Yes. Or they do really well in short quizzes. Yes. So you take all of, you know, the formative work away and you're just basically grading them on a test. Right. Some kids don't take tests well. Well, and it becomes right. more high stakes. Mm-hmm. But we're going to find out that they sort of e- they, they've taken care of that by evening out the grading too. So <laughs> we'll, class, we'll keep listening. Class <laughs> participation too. too. I mean, I know like if there were classes I was struggling with growing up, you know, just mm-hmm. by really trying to be involved in the lecture and discussion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also increases your opportunity for Correct. bettering your grade as well too and mm-hmm. that helped build relationship with the teacher and that mm-hmm. teacher was then willing to want to help me mm-hmm. to actually improve the grade just because I spoke up. Right, right. right. Well, mm-hmm. and I think too, you know, my daughter would tell you that there's classes where, you know, they're fine with it if it has to be a part of the class. Like if mm-hmm. you're in a speech class, of mm-hmm. course, class partic- participation is mm-hmm. key. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what my daughter would tell you is that it's really good for these kids to have to participate because they're learning to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And these mm-hmm. students are learning to recognize and understand at their age that, you know, to respect other people's yes. opinions. And they're learning from other people. Yes. yes. So it pushes yes. these kids outside their comfort zone, which is only going to be beneficial to right. them. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I completely agree with the premise of uh, Feldman. but. I would love to hear more now. We're, you can kind of give us, it looks like you're going to give us a little visual description of kind of what this whole equity grading looks sure. like. And it's, yeah. it's a lot to unpack. So yeah. we'll try to get through this slowly and feel free mm-hmm. to ask questions yeah. as we go. Sure. Okay. So I'll let Michelle do, take over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about what equity grading is. And I think the best way to explain it is a visual description of equity, equity grading. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the best explanations we have seen. It's like three kids go to watch a baseball game from outside the fence. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the equality piece. The, cre- the three kids are all there. They're all attending a game. Um, and they're all standing on crates. The tallest kid can easily see over the fence. The second tallest kid can see over the fence just fine. But the third child cannot see over the fence at all. But they're all standing on crates. Mm -hmm. The equitable thing to do is to take the crate from the tallest kid, since he doesn't need it, and to give to the shortest kid. So now he's standing on two crates. Mm -hmm. Um, 
all the kids can watch the game together now. Mm-hmm. This is the equity piece. Mm-hmm. What this visual is missing, though, is that the shortest child who's now standing on, you know, extra crates mm-hmm. is also standing in front of the tallest student and is impairing his vision of the game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. trying to always try to make everything so equal doesn't mm-hmm. really make things mm-hmm. equal. Mm-hmm. Right. Equality is that students, equ- we feel equality is that students are equally entering the Wyzetta School building. Mm-hmm. And I think most would feel that way. Mm-hmm. The equity piece is that they will be getting extras to help them along into their journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as our experience in the middle school, in all three middle schools, mm-hmm. parents were stating this, the student's education will be collateral damage mm-hmm. to create this equitable piece mm-hmm. in the high school as well due to the administration trying to c- create this educational utopia for mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So really what we've seen is that what, what they're trying to make equal is almost creating more inequality, is what right. you're saying. Right, And it's really not solving the problem they set out to solve anyway. Right. right. Going um, out of their way to create this, mm-hmm. and it just further clouds the whole picture mm-hmm. or makes it more confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone else now is disadvantaged. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And once again, where is the transparency? And transparency is so important, not just you know in the school district, but in the grading itself. Where is that transparency? But so go ahead, keep going. Yes, Michelle. Right. Um, so as as Sandy mentioned, no homework is graded, nor are points assigned. Mm-hmm. Um, grading homework is considered punitive and a punishment mm-hmm. to students, according to Joe Feldman, who you know, especially students who he feels might not be able to complete it, mm-hmm. um, and he looks at it as a practice, and it should be just optional. Mm-hmm versus as really a learning process to right. prepare yourself for those tests. And, and the problem with that is that then they might not do their homework at all. <laughs> right. And that's what we're seeing in yes. the middle That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. And the other part of it is, is um, proponents of equity grading like to use the universal analogy that homework is like going to a practice every day for the big Friday night football game. It's a time when you're allowed to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's a time to make mistakes. The big big game Friday night is the big test. Mm -hmm. But what we have found is that not grading homework has led to many students not doing homework. And we're seeing this with, you know, sometimes our own children in the middle Mm -hmm. school and hearing from our kids tell about their friends that are missing Mm -hmm. 30-some assignments of homework because it's not required. Oh my goodness! And no so one's then they're not going to be tests. yeah right. That's exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then yeah. that's why they allow retakes. Right. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. And so if they're not doing their homework, they're not going to be ready for the big test on Friday. Right. And you know we like we said back to the sports thing again. We'd like uh-huh. to use the analogy that if you don't show up for practice, you're not going to play in the big game Friday night. Exactly. If you don't practice well and work at getting better. You won't be able to play in the big game Friday night because the coach won't put you in. Mm-hmm. You need to deserve to be able to put in. You need to practice. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. You need to give it, you know, your all at all times. Mm-hmm. What I was just about to say, too, is that, you know, the the analogy of the football game that I think you said Feldman gives in his book um, is is real, but the the grading piece is what makes that be the case. You know, practices, you still have to show up, like you said, you still have to work hard, you still have to show the coach that 
you care and that you're doing your very best. Right. And they are evaluating your performance every single right. day as a practice. You know, that's how they decide who's going to play Who's right. going to be the starting team? And yeah. the, the practices are like mm-hmm. homework. If you say, well, I'm not, right. it's not required. I'm not going to attend right. or do my, go to the practice. Or just drag your feet and right. do anything. You still won't play in that game. Right. You know, so. right. And the other thing is we were saying, the other part of it is, is back to the retakes, is what we were saying is like when the other team, if you lose against the other team, the other team is not going to allow you to do a, a redo on the game. Right. No. <laughs> so you can have a better can winning record. Can we do record. that one over, please? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and try that in college. Oh, professor, can I please uh, mm-hmm. retake this test, you know, because I didn't do my homework. and <laughs> That I won't study for, do my homework for right. work and fail again. Right. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. The, the message that that is teaching kids is so completely antithetical to what real life is all about. You know, right. when they get into a career and their jobs, even parenting, you can't just... I mean, well, I could go on and on. I mean, you right. have to do your very best, and, and you are being evaluated at every step of the way. And I think after these three years with the kids in the middle school, it's really gotten ingrained in them that this mm-hmm. homework is not required. And it really takes some really motivated students to be doing yeah. their homework. Yeah. Well, and can I just sure. add to it? You know, as a parent, you're relying on that school as, a, as your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, because grading homework is no longer required – we're not getting calls from teachers saying, you know, after three missed assignments, you know, your student is missing an assignment. Mm-hmm. It's up to us really to be going on, you know, Canvas, Canvas. and Skyward and trying to find out, you know, where our students are missing work. And mm-hmm. so there's just a disconnect there. And I think that the teachers are then constantly would be chasing and emailing and exchanging emails with parents of students that are missing homework and that you know, that's just putting a bigger burden on them on as them. well. So. Absolutely. Well, and oh, go ahead. Michelle. No, what I was going to mm-hmm. say is you could look at it too. It's like if you're not going to grade homework and they say it's optional, it's not really necessary, why even give homework? Right. 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 I mean, when you look mm-hmm. at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Because, like you say, they're kids. I think that's one of the things that they're forgetting. It's almost like they're looking at this from idealistic lenses that mm-hmm. every child is a motivated learner, but mm-hmm. children are children. Mm-hmm. And like you say, Michelle, only the very few that are extremely motivated. Mm-hmm are going to be willing to work and do their very best on that homework when they're not going to get a grade for it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give a fair representation of natural human nature or natural child development Mm -hmm. at that age. I mean, this is why they need Mm -hmm. uh, need direction and structure. And yes, Mm -hmm. and that's that's what teaches them. And if we're not going to teach them, it's kind of like we're just throwing up our hands and saying, well, these kids are struggling, you know, so we want to help this little small population of children improve, but rather than really helping them improve and giving them the tools to improve, it's like, well, we're just going to change the rules. We're going to make mm-hmm. it easier so that they can just cross that finish line and, and we're not, then they're not helping anybody. Right. So it's, it makes me sad for the very kids that they're trying to help because I think they don't have the parental help. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why they're probably getting rid of the grading on the homework. But if they're not getting parental help, and they're going to remove the grading on the homework. They're probably also not getting parental help for them to know which assignments assignments they're not doing, mm-hmm. and helping them study for tests. And exactly. they're probably still underperforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so we really haven't solved the problem. And we've been focusing on just the disadvantage that students are at, and how they're being gypped as far as their educational experience but yeah. think of the teachers too now mm-hmm. they have nothing really to go on to yeah. even grade so it's like okay this person's taken this test they've done a redo do we average the two and i can see now yeah. why Good they would point. lump everybody in the same grade where they're really not being effectual either in their calling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Thank goodness. Well, it looks like there's a few different types of grading systems that are considered equity grading. And I think, Sandy, you're going to share a little bit about the various approaches. Yeah. Well, um, we had talked about standards-based grading, which is basically um, was fully implemented in the middle schools in Wayzata. Mm -hmm. And again, that just basically goes in a one through four system, Mm -hmm. one being attempting expectations, two being approaching expectations, three being meeting expectations. And you can get a four if you exceed expectations. But we did discuss that fours are rarely given, or it's very difficult to get a four. Hmm. So, and these don't have anything to do with an A, B, C, D, right. F system at all. Right. Um, and if most people don't get fours, that means number three is the next number down, which mm-hmm. means meeting expectations. So that could be anywhere from in a traditional grading system from a C to an A. That's what we've said too. It's almost yeah. like, you know, you want to put a bumper sticker on your car that says proud parent of a meet standard right, middle school student <laughs> that actually is a good idea because that's pretty much where they all are so. right by the way i want to just announce your website um, we are talking with sandy mclean and michelle pribula from wyzetta schools about equity grading and they have a website that it's actually would, email i'm oh, sorry. sorry an email yeah. not a website yeah. yes email wyzetta schools grading at gmail.com We would encourage you to email them and um, get on board with helping them um, really highlight what's happening in the Wyzetta Public Schools as it comes to the equity grading and get knowledgeable and and, uh, help them, help them really expose this to more and more parents. So, all right. So go ahead and talk about the various standards. Um, Okay. So the other type of grading system that they will be implementing at the high school is called equal interval grading. And by no means am I an expert on this, so I will try to explain this the best I can, um, but would welcome any input that you have or correction or edits Mm -hmm. that I should be making here. Mm -hmm. Um, But equal interval grading basically is used to take away the power of zero. So um, the premise is is that you have 10% increments between A, B, C, D, and F. Mm -hmm. But once you hit that F, you're going all the way down to zero. Mm -hmm. So... If a student were to get 20 to 30% per, on a test, mm-hmm. it's going to take them a lot longer to climb out of that than it would be because it, it, you know, right. it's, it's so low. It's so mm-hmm. low. Mm-hmm. So if you put in a grading system um, like a 54321, mm-hmm. um, you can go in- incrementally down to a one. So oh. the most common use of equity grading that I've seen is that now you're basically stating that a five is 80 to 100 percent, which is an A. Mm -hmm. A four is 60 to 79 percent, which is a B. Mm. A three is 40 to 59 percent, which is Mm. a C. A two is 20 to 39 percent, which is a D. And a one would equal zero to 19 percent, which is an F. Oh, my goodness. That means, stop and think about that. 80 to 100 percent is a five. That's normally a B minus Mm -hmm. to an A range. A four is 60 to 75. At our school, anything less than 70% is actually failing. We Mm -hmm. don't give Ds. Mm -hmm. And so that means kids in four, in the category of four, which is the second to the highest, Mm -hmm. would still be looking like they're doing really, really well when in actuality they don't understand the material at all. It's like a D minus to a C plus, isn't it? I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it really de-incentivizes students to want to go for the five because, again, you know, I've read multiple stories online where it's still very difficult to get a five. And so then the students really aren't trying to get fives. They'll settle into that four range. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Mm. so that's, that's one example. Um, 
The other example that you could use is you could do a five, four, three, two, one, Mm -hmm. and you could follow traditional grading, Mm -hmm. but you're only going down to the one at 60%. Mm -hmm. So anything below that, again, if a student got a 20 or 30% correct Mm -hmm. on a test, the lowest that they're going to get is 60%. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've taken away that, Mm -hmm. you know, power of zero. The theory behind that is that if students come in at the beginning of the, of the year or the semester and they dig themselves in a hole, it can Mm -hmm. be difficult to get out. Mm -hmm. But the problem that there's a lot of flaws with this that I don't understand mm-hmm. because what happens if you do really poorly on a test right before the end of the semester? Right. You still are going to be at the bottom. Exactly. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and so, you know, it's difficult to really understand how this works. And it, I, I mean, to get into the weeds with all of this, mm-hmm. is it's a lot. But mm-hmm. what I would say is that um, in the equity grading, from the equity grading perspective, they feel that it's a progression of learning. Mm-hmm. And so whatever happens at the beginning of the semester um, shouldn't really count because at that point, those students are still new and they're still learning. Mm-hmm. But give me a teacher who's going to give a test that hasn't gone through the material. Right. So I right. just feel like it's a false argument it that is. they've thrown out there. Yes. yes. Um, yes you know, and agree. just one other nuance is that they can go ahead and um, take off you know, if it's a final grade that they haven't done well, they can back it off and go to two grades back then. So it's like they're it's like they've stopped up all these holes so to make sure that these kids are going to succeed no matter what. Right. right. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the bottom line and that's again, you know, Minnesota has one of the largest achievement gaps in the nation. And so, you know, especially in Minnesota, while this is happening across the nation, especially in Minnesota, um, they're very driven and motivated to want to close that achievement gap. I laud that. I agree. It's mm-hmm. it's not okay we do too. that we have an achievement gap, and I know that you both agree with that. But to just kind of basically throw up your hands and say, all right, well, we can't figure it out. We've tried a few different ways. We can't seem to close this gap. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to change the grading so that everybody looks the same. Well, you're cooking the books. Right. For That's these, exactly you know? what you're doing. That's a great mm-hmm. way to put it. Mm-hmm. You are. You're cooking yeah, the you're books. You're numbers around so wherever you want. All to you're doing, kids. too, is really harming these kids because right. you're not giving them the tools they need to be successful mm-hmm. as adults. Well, and what they're finding is, you know, with this too, because you can't grade participation, you can't grade behavior, is that students are not now showing up for classes until the second half of the semester because they know that they're not going to get anything less than a 60%. So then they're showing up at the, you know, second half of the semester, and now they're putting their time and energy into it. Um, You know, and you... I'm surprised the teachers aren't up in arms about this. Well... Yeah. Their hands are tied, I suppose. Huh? I, you know, yeah, it's it's difficult. And we all kind of feel we're in the same boat. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's when a student gets also, the, the other premise is that you're never going to give a student a zero for not doing a test or an assignment. You're never going to give a zero? No, because they feel that that student has learned something in the class. So the sure. zero is not reflective of really what they know. That's not a flare ref- wow. fair reflection, even though they've not taken oh the test. Goodness. They have to know something out of that class. So you're really not allowed to give zeros. You'll get a 60% or an I, which means an incomplete, which is not a judgment towards the grade. I mean, right. that's just assumed when in- you're not encouraging homework and you're not encouraging class discussion and you're not encouraging retakes. I mean, how would you know if they've learned anything? Right, right, that's, exactly. Yeah. Right. And an incomplete implies that somebody's been absent for a long time or sick or, right. you know, couldn't, was out of the country. <laughs> right. It does not imply a failure. And mm-hmm. so that's a complete misnomer as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, Michelle, is this the same grading policy then that the Wise High School is changing over to? Yes, this is. Um, so the coffee with um, Principal Gangler in, in December 6th of 2018 
um, he discussed standards-based grading. Mm-hmm. In fact, he labeled his um, conversation as standards-based grading is not a dirty word. Hmm. So with that, he went into what his plan is for the high school. And um, in breaking down the plan, he talked about the professional learning communities, which are departments or PLCs, mm-hmm. departments within the high school, mm-hmm. um, the sciences, the arts, et cetera. Sure. Um, and there he talked about that they are going to be using um, the ability within these PLCs. are still working on that. It's all a flexed um, conversation yet that's mm-hmm. still going on with the PLCs and the administration, but they're going to be using equal interval grading, which is one, two, three, four, and five, or mm-hmm. one, two, three, and four. Um, he also wrote, or there's also notes in there that there will be um, some traditional grading, but th- there's percentages, but it wasn't clear on how those are going to be used with equal interval grading. Right. Because they're really two different things. Yeah. They completely contradict one another. So right. he's kind of kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth. Right. So he's got a PR thing going here that, you know, standards-based grading is not a dirty, dirty word. word. <laughs> so he knows he's got a little bit of an issue with right. parents not being super excited about this and trying to make it easier. So maybe he's saying, well, yeah, we've, we're still doing some traditional grading, too. Don't worry. Right. But you're thinking, well, how in the world can, can you marry these two? You, right. Right. It's very difficult. Yeah. And and along with that, with standards-based grading, as we've spoken, you know, homework is not counted. And he did bring up that, you know, it, it's not fair to be counting homework. Everybody doesn't have the ability to do homework at home. They don't have the resources, et cetera. But then he said, but he is going to leave up to the PLCs to decide if they want to count homework. <laughs> so there's going to be so much discrepancy across That's the so PLCs true. and within the high school. And really then, what does you know these these this equity grading or these standards based grading it's confusing anyway but if each plc each department gets to use their own system and they get to decide if they're going to grade homework or not then we have absolutely no consistency with the grading whatsoever which is going to make it even less meaningful right. to the parents and to the colleges by the way right yeah yeah and it was you know we were told again which is part of the standards based grading that behavior is not going to count you know that um, participation will not be counting that this is mm-hmm. all just not fair again for students to have to do that My goodness. Um, so but what principal gangler did say is whatever we land on we need to be consistent across the building so an a minus is a in this class is an a minus in another class well, how can you have consistency when you're allowing the PLCs to right. dictate right. whatever they want to choose right. to do? Right. There, that, that, that does not consistency at all. Right. Because there's totally different meanings behind that A minus, yeah. depending on the department. Um, and then also he said again, but we will be sticking to traditional, traditional grading, A through F, grading scale, <laughs> which again... That none of that goes along with the standards-based grading. Mm-hmm. Um, and if PLC is allowed to create their own grading system using equal interval grading percentages or can opt to use the tr- traditional grading, do you just put all these grades in like a magic blender? Right. And then just shake it up and then hope, you know, that it all comes Voila. out equal. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that works better than a computer, you know, right. like application right. that is actually designed to do, you know, right. configure grades. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. We only have about a minute left, not even that. So why don't you share with us kind of your last points here, Michelle, that you'd like to make about this? Yeah. You know, grading homework is not According to Joe Feldman, grading homework is not compatible with equity-based grading. So we have many questions, but we wonder why, why if the Wyzetta High School is going to be going to equity grading system, why would they still allow PLCs the option to use the traditional grading practice that includes grading homework? And then also, Wyzetta works on a block 
schedule system. Mm -hmm. So there are four classes per day. Students could be graded four different ways or students that have this system that this is designed to assist, this equal interval grading, could realistically still have four blocks of teachers that would continue traditional grading. Mm -hmm. And again, is this realistic to continue to allow teachers to grade differently amongst the PLCs? You know, some will do traditional, some do equal interval grading or standards-based grading. Um, Michelle, I'm so sorry. We have to already cut you off. We're definitely going to continue this conversation (laughs) next week. And again, we can all agree that each and every student across the state, they deserve a quality education that prepares them to succeed. But what we're finding, unfortunately, is making the transformation from traditional letter grading to equity-based grading is not the route to go. Any questions and you'd like to email Michelle or Sandy, you can do so at wyzettaschoolsgrading at gmail.com and certainly follow us on our podcast at ednationmn.org. We'll see you next weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.